Mace Windu died, right? Well, according to this, he somehow survived. And what do these early impressions of Bad Batch Season 3 mean for the show? Welcome to Star Wars Uplink, your place for everything Star Wars gaming, the TV shows, and the movies. Let's jump in. Just you reconsider playing that message for him. When it comes to characters returning to life, there or surviving their quote-unquote deaths, there was Boba Fett, which was the highly theorized and anticipated piece to Star Wars. Mm, and yes. then I'd say around the same level would be Mace Windu. It's interesting because I don't picture Mace Windu as theorized as Boba Fett. Like it's just like Boba Fett's just like yeah, and there aren't too many others that I can think of yeah, where that like, like happens. Like, oh my gosh, she's gotta still be alive, right? Right. Like, no, usually if they're dead, they're they're dead. In theory. In theory. <laughs> Been proven wrong. Yeah. Time and time again. Yeah. Maul, I'm looking at you. Uh-huh. Uh, Palpatine. <laughs> Palpatine especially. Uh-huh. You know it's not that coming. Yeah. Grand um, Inquisitor. If you, we're not going there. Or we will, but... <laughs> Grand Inquisitor, I'd say, is like the most egregious... <laughs> piece of like someone surviving yeah um unlike mace windu in theory uh and boba fett in particular and and palpatine grand inquisitor was like oh i'm dead nope i'm not (laughs) similar with sabine Mm. uh but i'd i'd say with sabine it's different because there was the expectation that she could die yeah um but the Grand Inquisitor, we the, knew he was coming. We knew the Grand Inquisitor was still alive yeah. after Obi-Wan Kenobi took place. Yeah. Because Rebels happened, mm-hmm. and he's the main bad guy in Rebels. <laughs> and he doesn't die in Rebels. Yeah, it was not not the best. Or we know he dies, but... Fake death that we we've ever We knew seen. <laughs> that he showed up in Rebels. Yes. So there was no suspense. There were no stakes. We were all like, he's not dead, right? Because... He comes We've back. got a whole realm of proof that he's actually alive. Uh-huh. But that's besides the point. Yeah. Going back to Mace Windu. Mace Windu is one of those characters on the same level of like history. Because with, with mm. Boba Fett, there was decades of theorization of like, oh, he definitely survived, right? He's got Beskar armor. That's not going to get decomposed by the Sarlacc Pit's digestive system. Right. He's got to survive, right? Yeah. Um, and then if you look at Mace Windu, Mace Windu died in a very... Died. I will say this. Mm-hmm. Like, I always say this. Unless you show me their head getting chopped off in front of me, they could still be alive in Star Wars. Yeah. And we'll get to this in a little bit, but the idea around like death and its impermanence in Star Wars is some like a completely different topic. But when it comes to Mace Windu, I'm torn on that mm-hmm. because on the one hand, as Sage who loves Star Wars, who grew up with Star Wars and has a, a fan fiction series of YouTube shorts on him surviving, I want him to live. Because I think there's some interesting stories that could be told. We'll get to what that could be in a little bit. But on the other hand, there's other Sage who's like, I am so tired of death not being a thing to to really have any consequences in Star Wars. Because we've got time and time example. Grand Inquisitor, Reva, uh, 
Darth Maul, Palpatine. I like Darth Maul just I because like they did too. a really good job of yeah. like fleshing out his story for them to there to be a purpose of his yeah. survival. He actually gained a character because he survived. Yes. <laughs> he went from scary dude with yep. double bladed lightsaber that Ooh. looks cool yep. to okay, this is a rich story and a conflict with Obi Wan and Darth Maul that mm-hmm. like lasted through Rebels. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of stuff there that makes him great. Yeah. Um, but still Boba Fett. Like there there's time and time example of yeah. these characters that seem to be very much dead that end up becoming alive. Yeah. Especially when the uh, characters are ki- are wounded uh-huh. the same way that others are killed. Yeah. Qui-Gon is looking down from force heaven yeah, and is um, like, real I, big disappointment. I wish I had moved two centimeters to the right. You're telling so. me I could have lived? <laughs> <laughs> You're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Yeah. But when it comes to why we're talking about this, the Empire is doing a 25th anniversary issue of the magazine. Mm-hmm. They're talking to uh, the people involved with it, and uh, they're doing like some really cool uh, versions of the posters, some cool photography. They're bringing back to theaters. There's a lot of stuff happening for the 25th anniversary of The Phantom Menace. One of those things is an interview with Samuel L. Jackson, and he still holds to the point that, one, he would love to return as the character, Woo-hoo. and two, he very much believes that the character is actually still alive. Oh. There have been other characters that have fallen off something and survived that's his uh his belief and uh i personally would love to see his character come back again because mm-hmm. i think there's some really interesting stories to be told i feel like i don't know enough about mace windu like i don't know I, we do get to see a fair bit of him maybe in more of the shows but like yeah as far as the movie goes I don't feel like I got a good sense of his true character. Mm-hmm. And if you look at like Legends material when it comes to Mace Windu, there's a lot to be said there when it comes to his his character and why he has a purple lightsaber. The real world version is that Samuel L. Jackson wanted a purple lightsaber, so they made a purple lightsaber. Fair enough. Uh, the end world version is that uh, lightsaber color dictates your personality uh, and which ones you're called to. Mace Windu uses a very aggressive and more dark side-like lightsaber form, and his belief system is, yes, very much righteous, and he believes there is a right way to live and is on the light side, but he utilizes a lot of the strength of the dark side. Uh, I think it was theorized somewhere that he could actually use uh, force lightning if it wasn't prohibited by the Jedi Order. Wow. Uh, He could pull on that side of things. And the example I've used before is like when it comes to like political placements, there's you can go all the way to the far left and you go all the way to the far right. And eventually it starts looking like you're going around in a circle. Mm -hmm. Like you meet on the other side. (laughs) You're both very much against what the other person is Uh saying. But you're also arguing for things that seem very similar. Yeah. When it comes to that, I feel like Mace Windu would never fall to the dark side, but he's so far against it, he almost like makes the circuit around. Yeah. Where he'd go to the almost ex- same extent to of make the sure dark that side, yeah. to make sure that the light side stays good. Yes. Fascinating. See, like this is the stuff that we haven't seen mm-hmm. truly from Mace Windu. Yeah. And like you said, we see a little bit when it comes to the live action stuff, specifically with like Obi Wan and Mace Windu, and then 
subsequently like some tension between Qui-Gon and Mace Windu. But the only other stuff that we get is in the animated shows like the Gore Verbinski Clone Wars. We get a little bit of that. And then in the Clone Wars animated show, that's where you get a lot more fleshing out of who Mace Windu is and his belief system. Yeah. I just think he's a fascinating character that we haven't Mm -hmm. seen enough of. Yeah. Which is why... I'm totally down to have him live. Yeah. Um, also, just it, this one time, please. It was a long way down. I yeah. mean, he could. He, he flew out. Yeah. There's a way, way that out. he could like hit the Star Wars equivalent of like a truck that's filled with garbage in the back right. or something. Exactly. Or soft pillows. <laughs> um, he goes quite far out and then down. Uh, so there is definitely a way that one he could survive in a number of ways. Mm-hmm. It's very ambiguous how he is quote-unquote killed. So there's a lot that could be said there. Um, and and generally, I, I think it it's not much of a stretch to say, hey, this person got shot out. There was no clear like death of him. Mm-hmm. He got his arm chopped off or his hand and then shot out the window. But like... Both things are very... have often in been ter- seen... In terms of Star Wars... Yes. Tis but a flesh wound. <laughs> yes, very much something you can live through. So, eh, including being electrocuted. Electrocuted, yeah. you can totally live through. Yeah. I mean, look at Luke. He got electrocuted for a long time. Uh-huh. He was okay. He could still carry a very large man to exactly. the Who hangar bay. quite a lot. Yeah, with gear on top of that. So, mm-hmm. uh. <laughs> Yeah, there's definitely something to be said on his survival. Mm-hmm. Um. But again, that also opens up the can of worms of like the hypocrisy of me yeah. saying I want characters to stay dead while also in the same breath saying but Mace Windu, but could live. Mace Windu would be great to live. <laughs> uh, I'm fully aware of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there's something interesting that could be said with Mace Windu's story. And my personal theory that I would love to see is him actually come into the Mandoverse timeline. Because the Mandoverse timeline is fascinating when you think about it. Because Mace Windu, there, there could be a manner of ways that he didn't get involved in the fight against the Empire. He could have gone almost like the Darth Maul route where he's almost like insane. Uh, he could forget who he is, or he could just not be in the physical capability to make it through that time frame. Mm-hmm. Um, but why I would like to see him in the Mandoverse time frame is the interesting conflict and story that could be told around him meeting Luke Skywalker, Ooh. the son of the person that caused him so much pain and Near destroyed death. the Jedi Order. Being the person who is rebuilding the Jedi Order in this new era. That would be wild. That would be so interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I feel like that would open up too many can of worms. Like, it would be too tempting for the creators to be like, oh, we're just going to make a new show for Mason Windu. It's like, no, 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 no. We don't need that. But it's fast. Yeah. This would be a really good side story. Kind of like how Darth Maul was in um, mm-hmm. Rebels, Clone Wars. Both of them really Both like, them. yeah. Uh, and, and and rebels, he's fulfilling the end of his arc. Mm-hmm. He is trying to. There's a a beauty in that story coming to a close, mm-hmm. and almost of a, an expectation from both sides that this is how it would end. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think there would be like a lighter viewpoint of that, where there isn't any animosity between Mace Windu and Luke, because Luke didn't do anything to him, but he represents. Something that I think Mace Windu would both hate 
and appreciate. Need a vengeance sort of. Well, I, I think just him being birthed from this like mm-hmm. thing that he stood so much against. One, he didn't want Anakin to be in that position. Right. And, and two, what he stood for when it comes to the Jedi is no like attachments, mm-hmm. which therefore like led to the destruction of the Jedi Order at that time, which arguably, in my opinion, should have been fallen like they didn't deserve to continue as they were because they were so bastardized from where they had begun mm. um but that's a different but, topic yeah but still luke would represent everything mm-hmm. that was wrong yeah in what anakin was doing or but here he is rebuilding right from those ashes and in i think the that's true light, fascinating yeah of the jedi in yeah. this dark dark time mm-hmm Maybe making mistakes, but he still is trying to rebuild what the Jedi were. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Undoubtedly powerful and just trying, you Mm -hmm. know, like you can't help but love a guy who's trying. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that would be really fascinating to see Mace in that situation, like in Mm -hmm. that conflict of like, how do I approach this person? (laughs) Yeah, I think that would be really cool. And they've shown themselves to be pretty good at like integrating characters into stories Mm -hmm. if you look at boba fett as an example this long-standing character that ended up surviving he they did a really good job of incorporating him into mandalorian Mm -hmm. season two was a great job of like incorporating him representing a lot of the fantasies that fans had around how epic he would be um they lost a lot of that in book of boba fett but I think they did a really good job of incorporating him into the Mandalorian. And and I think there's an opportunity for that similar type of situation to be done for Mace Windu. I don't necessarily think there needs to be a Mace Windu show. Yeah. But I think it would be awesome to see him in this new era. Not knowing anybody, not being familiar in any way with what is happening in this new realm of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. But becoming a part of it and helping where he can. And just seeing Samuel L. Jackson in that role again would just be so great. Yes. Especially because he w- would totally mm-hmm. go back to it. And he's not going to let them push him around. Yeah. Like, there's still going to be this, like, no, he's going to fight for the character and fight mm-hmm. for what the character would actually do. And and I honestly, I think they introduce him in the Mandalorian era or Mandoverse and then kill him in the same mm. thing. Yeah. Like, I think it would be an interesting growth point for luke mm-hmm. yeah to see to see an old jedi but then i don't know i'm not entirely sure what the story would need to be yeah but i think it, there's something interesting yeah. there i think there could be something mm-hmm. there yeah uh when it comes to uh, impact on the galaxy and uh the change of Almost like going from one intro to another this transitionary between area between like eras you have something like the Bad Batch, mm. and a lot of people have been able to watch the first eight episodes of the Bad Batch. There, there's a way that you can, as a content creator or um, news reporter, to get access to shows early. Typically, with animation stuff, you get to watch a good portion of that show mm. before it ends up premiering. And this time, a lot of people were able to watch the first eight episodes of the bad batch season three and and it's interesting because i i think the bad batch is this really awesome way because there's stakes there's this Mm. this level of like expectation where they don't have to fulfill anything like Mm. they know 
a story that they're going to tell. They don't have to do anything. They can kill off the characters that they create from the show. Yeah. They can bring back characters that we know yeah. and not necessarily impact things too greatly, mm-hmm. but can have roll-on effects for the rest of the galaxy. Hmm. So I, I think there's this interesting place when it comes to the Bad Batch because you can have tech, a character like Tech die mm-hmm. and maybe stay dead we'll see what ends up happening when it comes to the season three um but a character like tech can have a death can have a moment can mm-hmm. have something and have consequences from that moment yeah and i really appreciate that yeah Ooh, yeah this is ooh, this is gonna be good <laughs> just from what people have been saying um so it's mostly like tweets from yeah so with this system you get access to the show you sign some level of nda uh depending on the level of show or movie or whatever you have layers that you can actually discuss with this with animated shows or tv shows in general you can basically summarize your general thoughts and impressions on what you watch but you can't say much about the specifics uh you can't say x character's lightsaber is green but you can say this character has an interesting take on a lightsaber mm. like that's kind yeah. of this the the ways that you can talk about things mm. but there's a lot when it comes to this because there's there's mention of higher stakes uh incredible animation easter eggs cameos and other surprises and quote it's an epic ride so far and not ready to say goodbye or we all are not yeah. ready. We are not ready. Not at all. One other person says fans of Omega and Crosshair especially have something to look forward to. And as usual, the action and emotional beats are balanced wonderfully. That's good to hear. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited. I'm really excited to see more of Omega and Crosshair. Yeah. I really want to know what the heck is going on mm-hmm. in this place. Um, but man, are we dealing with some feeling like heavy topics as far as yeah. like division and isolation and oh gosh yeah we've theorized this um just talking with each other around this future for the bad batch specifically with season three where you have this family unit that slowly gets separated across mm-hmm. the three seasons broken. that we're getting a broken family trying to find connection and community throughout the galaxy but season three seems to like showcase isolation how you can overcome isolation because even though crosshair and omega are in the same building and same situation i don't think they could feel further apart mm-hmm. and then you have the rest of the crew that are also dealing with their own isolation from their family. And just from the other clones. That's yes. always been kind of something that they rub up against is mm-hmm. just the fact that they are a very different unit to all the other units yeah. of the clones. While clones in general have this place in the galaxy where they aren't really valued other than like cannon fodder, you have even like a sub-ostracization mm-hmm. of these characters because even they don't fit in with the regular clones. Mm -hmm. So there's this level of separation from each other, from their own clones, and the rest of the galaxy, really. Yeah. So there's really something interesting being told here. Mm -hmm. All of these little hints as to what season three is going to bring Uh is... I don't want to say encouraging, but it is encouraging. Like, yeah. I, I, we all know season three is going to be great. It's going to be probably the best season out of this. But at the same time, it's still so good to hear other people being uh-huh. like, it's like okay, I'm my, not ready or my it's so hopes good. Are, are getting like reinforced a little uh-huh. bit here. 
Uh, there's been a lot of mention a couple times around Palpatine's role in this Ooh, show. Yeah. So generally, the shows are around like 24 to 28 episodes, depending on what they're wanting to tell. Uh, I think that's about the range for Bad Batch, though. Eight episodes, about a third of it so far. Yeah. But just saying, uh, one of, um, I think it was Star Wars Holocron says that Palpatine has never been scarier. Um, this is this season ties the entire saga together from prequel trilogy to the Mandalorian to Rise of Skywalker. Whoa. Omega and Crosshair are the show's heart, and Palpatine has never been scarier. And I, I'm really excited to see that because I think Palpatine was in a has been in a very similar role to like Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. Where you know Darth Vader is imposing, but until Rogue One, you didn't know in what way. Yeah. And maybe this is the time frame for Palpatine to show, like, here is, like, peak Palpatine. Mm-hmm. While, while, while Chancellor was pulling the strings behind the scenes trying to get into a position of power, this is Palpatine in the position of power. This yeah. is him as the emperor. Mm-hmm. And I'm really excited to see what that piece comes into. And maybe we'll see some more Rex. Uh, Commander Cody, I think there's still some some dangling threads there. And I think that would lead perfectly into this idea of whatever the, Palp- the emperor is doing. Yeah. I'm definitely ready to see Palpatine as actually scary again. Yeah. Um, it feels like it's been a while. He's just kind of seemed like this puppet for a long time. Mm-hmm. Not that he he was More the, like puppet, the master. puppet master. Yeah, but it, like it, because he was so distant in a way, it was like, yeah, you're just the threat that we all fight against because you're making all these big armies and whatnot. But to be to see him actually in a role of like scariness, ooh. I'm ready. Mm-hmm. I am so ready for that. I think it's time. I think it's time for us to see Palpatine in the role that the rest of the galaxy sees him in. Mm-hmm. And I'm really excited to see what levels of storytelling, because we're going to get Omega and Crosshair. We're going to get the rest of the crew. We're going to see the repercussions of Tech's death. And then we're also going to see Commander Cody and Palpatine in that era. So there's a lot of story to be told here. And I doubt that we're going to get many quote-unquote filler episodes. Mm-hmm. So I, I think generally Bad Batch has shown itself to be quite handy and tactful with how it handles filler episodes. Yeah. There are two ways to view filler episodes. One, you just don't have enough information, so they feel like fillers. And I think that's the case for Bad Batch is a lot of what we consider to be filler episodes, haven't we haven't seen the repercussions of those actions mm-hmm. yet. Or they're just made for like, this character and this character are going to get better and, and have a deeper connection. Yeah. Uh, the other way is like they just don't know pacing, but I don't think that's the case with Bad Batch. I think they've no. done a really good job of like as soon as it starts to feel like a filler episode, something happens or a character moves and, and develops further. I would agree for the most part. I think I have noticed probably mostly in the first season where it was just felt like, ooh, this is a filler. Like it, it does feel like a filler, mm-hmm. regardless if it's still progressing or not. Like, you know, yeah. it's probably here for a reason, but I'd like to get back to the main story, please. So mm-hmm. it it yeah. It does seem like we're gonna get some of those moments for sure, because um another person says episodes one through five are stronger than six through eight, especially mm-hmm. the eighth episode, which wasn't their favorite though surely more traditional to the show's style. Mm. But generally, Filoni and crew have definitely set up an endgame for the show with huge ramifications for the entire galaxy. Mm. 
and that the first three episodes play more out like a Star Wars cinematic adventure with cloning mysteries, empire intrigue, space dogfights, stunning artwork, and plenty to sink uh, to sink your th- teeth into. Ooh. So, yeah. I'm excited. I really, I'm impressed with how much it sounds like they've packed into the first eight mm-hmm. episodes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, a lot of these guys are just posting about like so many Easter eggs and cameos and like stuff mm-hmm. like that. I'm like, to be noticed on the first eight episodes yeah. is like, okay, like, whoa. Whoa. Okay. We're not holding back any punches. Mm-hmm. So, I'm yeah. excited. Same here. I'm really looking forward to seeing what changes they make with the show and what ends up happening that's going to cause like galaxy-wide ramifications. Mm-hmm. Let us know in the comments below if you're watching this on YouTube or contact uplinkpodcast.com if you're listening to this wherever you find podcasts. As always, thank you for listening and may the Force be with you.